Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the Fumble with me, Vernon K, Darren Fletcher. I tell you what, it's been a long time and there's only one reason, Darren, why it has been a long time. That's because I've been donning the jodhpurs and the shiny coat. I was doing Dan Dini and Cinderella at Highwick and so on. A lot of fun, but now we're back to business. It's me and the big guy, Darren Fletcher, with uh, just a chit-chat about American football, the NFL. Yeah, and I tell you what, credit where credit's due. I said to you right at the outset when you said, I'm doing Panto. I said, well, I'll come and watch it. I'll bring the family. And we had a sensational night. I went to see the Panto in Nottingham. And it was like watching it in 1975. <laughs> and then I came to yours and it was brilliant. I actually I actually thought to myself about 20 minutes in and there was still no Vernon Kay on the stage, whether you'd actually bothered that night. But then when you came, my friend, I have to say, you were... Brilliant. I didn't know you could sing like you can sing. You were there belting out the tunes. I was like, where's this come from? I've known him for years. I didn't know he could sing. So we were blown away. We thought the whole production was superb. We thought you were brilliant. Um, but I'm glad we've got the football back on because I think one or two people have missed it. So we couldn't do it. You were too busy. It's impossible. I mean, you've got an afternoon show, an evening show, and it is absolutely relentless. The last thing you needed was me on the phone saying, shall we do a football, man? Because <laughs> you might have swore at me. But now you're back and we're back in time for the playoffs. But you were brilliant, mate. And I hope you do it next year because we're going to come again. Oh, cheers, pal. It was nice to see the family. Nice to have a catch-up. Bit of banter with Luca as well. <laughs> <laughs> the young yeah. lad. The young yeah. Fletch. Uh, <laughs> I threatened that, I, well, Darren had messaged him saying, look, you've got, to, you've got to pull Luca's leg and try and tell him that you're going to get him up on stage. And a bit of banter, so we had a bit of that. It was nice. No, it was really good fun. And I'll tell you what, though, uh, subsequently, post-Panto, I feel like you did after that session we had in Minnesota. I feel absolutely exhausted. Yeah, well, for, for our fumble listeners, I mean, we talk about the infamous 
Minnesota Super Bowl and the the fight that we lost with Bud Light quite a lot, actually. And I've got to tell everybody listening today that that did feature in the panto. That was actually mentioned <laughs> mid-panto. Vern somehow managed to shoehorn in Minnesota, Bud Light, Super Bowl and us. And that was the highlight for me. So I thought, that's third play. You managed to get that in. That was pretty impressive. Yeah, it was good. Uh, so let, let's get into it, and, and we, we'll get into it straight away. And the, the, the big story, and it's quite a shocking story, is uh, the cardiac arrest of Buffalo Bills safety, Demar Hamlin. Uh, as we speak, his condition is improving. Uh, but I think it was all handled really well. I watched, I watched Joe Buck and Troy Aikman on the broadcast, and as soon as they realised something was, was, wasn't right... I think they kind of went into that. I think all broadcasters have that switch inside them. Uh, you know exactly what I'm talking about. When you know that something isn't right, you go to your kind of emergency mode, shall we say. And I thought the team handled it well on the broadcast. Yeah. Um, I mean, that is just an horrific situation. Um, and we, you know, we pray like everybody else that Damar Hamlin is going to ultimately be okay. We hope that he can make the kind of recovery that Christian Eriksen made. And I think it was particularly um particularly um fresh and uh don't quite know the way to describe it because it's so close to what we saw with Christian Eriksen, the European Championships that I remember watching that day and thinking, well, A, I hope never to see this again. But I was pretty sure in my own mind that I wouldn't see that again. That mm. it was such a rare thing that, you know, I've I, been watching sport for 40-odd for years and I'd never seen that. So I thought, well, the, the odds of that ever happening again, that was kind of one of, the, one of the positive things I took out of the situation. And here you are so near to that and you see it again. Um, and... I mean, it was it was it was shocking to see. I mean, the, the the one thing you would say is that medical teams these days, in terms of how equipped they are, the knowledge they have, their ability to react to the crisis, all of that is of such a high standard that you may ultimately say that the absolute best place for that to happen to Demar Hamlin was where it happened because he had instant response, he had the best medical equipment, and he's been given the best chance to survive it and, and that's all you can ask in a situation like that but you know i i wouldn't even sit here and try and comment on anything around it because i don't know i know there's been a lot of kickback in america because bart scott has, has kind of pointed the finger at t higgins in some way shape or form about the hit before the cardiac arrest occurred and i think you get a situation here where lots of irresponsible people say lots of irresponsible things without knowing anything about it. And I think all I would say in a situation like this is that I wish Demar Hamlin all the best for a speedy recovery, a full recovery, thoughts with his family. And apart from that, I simply couldn't add any more to it because I just don't know. I'd be guessing, I'd be putting thoughts into people's minds that wouldn't be fair, wouldn't be right. And I just think we're all, we're all joined as an NFL community, hoping that that young man's going to be okay. Yeah, and let's hope that it's a, an anomaly. And just going back to what you said about how we're prepared for these situations on the field, it kind of all started with 
Fabrice Mwamba. Remember yes. when Bolton player had a the same uh, situation, cardiovascular situation with his heart at, against Tottenham? And since then, and thanks to Fabrice and, and the awareness that he's brought to the to the forefront uh, into the spotlight, I think we now realise how important it is that these medical teams are equipped, are on standby, and are ready to go. And you know, I I uh, I put a big kind of high five to you for everything that you've said there, because there's no point in us saying this, that or the other, because it's just unfair on family and friends. And, uh, you know, you don't want to be involved in that. But I will say that American football has been a very, very hard contact sport for a very, very long time. And we've seen bigger hits on bigger people uh, take down bigger men, shall we say. Yeah. So that that hit on T Higgins has got absolutely nothing to do in my mind with what happened. What what I would say, Vern, across the board in terms of athletics in general, is that I'm not an expert on the human body by any stretch of the imagination, but we push athletes' bodies to the maximum point now to try and... Elite sport is so elite. Sprinting times are so fast. Strength is so excessive. The human body is reaching limits that it's never been able to reach before because of training techniques, technologies, nutrition, etc. There has to come a breaking point where the human body can't physically do any more. And I wonder whether we are starting to get to the stage now where athletes are so finely tuned, so maxed out in terms of what they can physically provide, that maybe that might just need scaling back a little bit across the board because there has to be a tipping point, has to be a breaking point where the human body says, look, that's that's kind of what I can do. I can't go any faster. I can't become any stronger. This is this is what I can do. Um, and, I, and I just hope that there's enough thought being paid to that when they build an athlete's body, as opposed to how do we get absolutely everything else of it? Because you have to leave that percentage where the body can actually cope. And they are so, they are so fit. They are so strong. They are so fast these individuals, the men and the women who play top-level sport, that you do feel that there will be a ceiling at some stage where the human body simply can't give any more. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, well, let, let's put that uh, to one side and, you know, uh, reiterate what we said at the top. We do hope he has a full recovery and can go on to play professional sport like Ericsson has. Uh, what I would in say, Bert, before we finish, I now want the Buffalo Bills to win the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl for that that young man and his family because, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a positive person. I fully believe he's going to come out the other side. I really hope he's going to live a normal life. And wouldn't it be fantastic that if the, in the middle of February, while he's um, recuperating, wherever he's recuperating, that he's got the Lombardi Trophy sat somewhere in his house for a short period of time so that he can sit and enjoy that. Yes, exactly. Well, let's get into it. Let's talk about the playoffs and the playoff picture. Um, it, it's interesting, Darren, because when we did the fumble last time, we talked about how all the good teams have risen to the top. And I, I stick by that now, because if you look at the teams that are in contention, let's just go through them. So you've got the Bills, uh, Cincinnati, Baltimore. As we speak, these are all, are all in the playoffs. Kansas City. The Chargers, the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Giants, the Vikings, uh, Tampa Bay and the San Francisco 49ers. Now, apart from Tampa Bay, every single one of those teams, in my opinion, 
has the chance to win the Super Bowl, Darren. Cool. I don't think the Buccaneers are going to win it because I think they they don't have enough. I think they're they're lacking a couple of decent oh. players to take them through to a decent Super Bowl run. But everyone else has the chance to lift the Lombardi Trophy. So I would Come put on, a prove line. me wrong. Prove me wrong. I'd put a line through the Giants because I think that this is being done on smoke and mirrors. I think they've got a relatively rebuilding roster, and I just don't think that they can. I just don't think they match up with a San Francisco, a Philadelphia, one of those NFC powerhouses. I just think there's a gap. What I am going to pick you up. All right, let's just stay there. But a decent defence, a good running game, and a quarterback who is still learning, is still relatively young, shall we say a friend of the family, (laughs) loosely. (laughs) but you never know when it comes to the playoffs, Darren. You know, and there's Listen. that famous quote from Bill Belichick, one of the greatest, if not the greatest, head coach in the NFL, that when it comes to the playoffs, it's a different mindset. And that's something that I've struggled to come to terms with in the past because I'm thinking surely a, a, a game in week one, when you come to this, this period of the season, a game looking back at week one is important now as these games at the end of the season? Look, I, I I always let the eye test tell me a lot. And you were with me at MetLife Stadium when they lost to Dallas. And I was in there myself when they were absolutely, literally taken apart piece by piece by Philadelphia. And, and yeah. the, the gap between those two teams that day was so wide. It wasn't an anomaly. It wasn't an off day. It was that one team had Pro Bowl players and the other team didn't. And the gap was so big. And I don't care where they play that game. There's no way that that the Giants this season can bridge that gap to what was there before. The other teams are just too talented. The one I am hugely surprised on, not surprised you stuck the Giants in because you, as we mentioned, had Thanksgiving dinner this year in the Jones household and you were actually (laughs) carved for turkey because you're that close to them these days. I'm not surprised by that. I can't believe you included the Minnesota Vikings after what you I know. said to me, my dear friend, I on know. Five Live, when I had the audacity to say that they were a dark horse to well, win the Super Bowl this year. Explain yeah, no, I'm going to explain myself. I will explain myself. And you know, I'm an honest man, Darren. I, you I, are. When I've, when I've said something that I look back on and don't agree with, I will, I will not apologise, but I'll, I'll take it on board. The Minnesota Vikings, for me, have a quarterback who... I just don't trust. I just don't feel comfortable when he stands on the centre or when he's in a shotgun formation. I don't know whether it's going to be a completed pass. And when I feel that way about any quarterback, it sends a shiver down my spine. Now, admittedly, they've got, let's say, the best wide receiver in the league in Justin Jefferson. They've got a very good running game in Delvin Cook. The defence is doing what a defence should do. But I still think that their quarterback, Kirk Cousins, is fallible. I yeah. just don't trust him. Yeah. And for, all, for all of that, they're going into the playoffs. Yeah. Having won their division with a negative points, negative points differential. And yeah. last year, they lost all of the one-score games. And this year, they've won all the one-score games. So in actual fact, they're probably about, you know, what? How, how does it work out this year? Nine and eight? Eight, nine, they're, they're probably a middle of the road team. So 
they've just been really unfortunate last year in terms of they can't win one school games. And this year, they've been really lucky the fact that they've had the possessions and converted field goals, etc., to win them. So, well, look, well, look, Darren, here we go, right? They're eight and one at home, they're four yeah. and three on the road, they're three and two against the division. Mm. And the division, let's not forget, is the Lions, the Packers, the Bears. Yeah. 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 You know, you know, when I look at the NFC, though, I think it can boil down to this, that you need health at this stage, health and momentum. There's, there's two things that you really need now at this stage, health and momentum. San Francisco mid-season, maybe the most talented roster in the league, was decimated by injury. They've got players now back. For the second and, year in a row, Darren. Right. And they've got Christian McCaffrey. So I think they are now as healthy as they've been heading into the playoffs. They've won, I think, nine games in a row. Might be ten. It's certainly nine. And I think they've found a quarterback in Brock Purdy who actually fits the Kyle Shanahan system better than Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance. So I think they've got a quarterback that fits. He's not a big name, but he does what Shanahan wants you to do. The flip side of that is when Philly were rolling, they were healthy. Now they're not. Lane Johnson, the right tackle, who's heading to the Hall of Fame, is gone, injured, out. Jalen Hurts, shoulder, out. Other key pieces on offense and defense out. So you might start to look at that now and say, you probably edge San Francisco over Philadelphia based on health. And then you go momentum. The Green Bay Packers have come from nowhere. The Green Bay Packers were out. If they win this weekend against Detroit in Lambeau Field, which they will do, they go into the playoffs on the final day of the season. They've got a ridiculous record, if you look at it, when they run the ball 50% of the time or more. I think they've lost once when they do that. So they've got a way and a method now of doing it. Aaron Rodgers now has a deep threat in Christian Watson. This is a team that's got better as the season's gone on. And unlike most years, the Packers go into the playoffs and everybody says, oh, they'll win it. Is this the year? Nobody thinks they've got a prayer. Rodgers is under the radar. Rodgers has become a better teammate, we think, over the course of the year. It's a young roster. They've got more of an identity. We've seen the Giants do this. We've seen the Giants be last team in and then go and win two Super Bowls under Tom Coughlin and Eli Manning against New England. They're the team going into the playoffs, San Francisco and Green Bay in the NFC with genuine momentum. And I think you cannot sleep on the Packers, despite the fact they've had such a difficult year. So, and, and also, don't be fooled by the fact that it's Brock Purdy at quarterback and not Jimmy Garoppolo. They're probably a better team with the fellow they've got now. Well, I think that, that yeah, they would be, because when you're drawing up an offensive game plan, you're thinking, right, rookie quarterback, not a lot of experience. They say that playoff football is different to regular season football. It's one and done. When you're drawing up a game plan, you have to think first, the run game. Surely. And you've got the best running back in the league, in my opinion. Like, Christian McCaffrey is the kind of guy who would run through a brick wall if you just said, Christian, just go and run through that brick wall. Mm. He loves lowering his shoulder. He loves getting involved. And he's one of those running backs. I guarantee that free, the defensive backs of any team that San Francisco face do not want Christian McCaffrey breaking through the linebackers. You do not want to go head-to-head -head or shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder with Christian McCaffrey because you're going to lose. I don't think there's a defensive back in the league in this modern game that would lower their shoulder and think they're going to win against Christian McCaffrey. So you build your, your offense around him. And what it does is it gives that young quarterback confidence because you know that on third and four, you're going to get a first down with Christian McCaffrey. Just a little bit of play action. Let's not forget you've got Kittle at tight end 
who is, as when you're drawing up a defensive scheme, he's probably the second person that you think, right, how are we going to defend Kittle? Because yeah. this is how we're going to do it against McCaffrey, but what have we got to do about the tight end? And then you're not even thinking about their wide receivers who aren't a sham. So no. this offense is, is so diverse, so multifunctional, that Kyle Shanahan now, I think, has got the pieces because they don't have, an, in inverted commas, a starting quarterback on the centre. And I think it, 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 well, it has. It's proven to be a winning situation for them. And it'd be nice to see San Francisco lift the Lombardi, but I think they've got, well, they all have. They've all got a long journey ahead of them. Mm. Uh, but can I just say, going back to the Packers, there's a bit of romance about the Detroit Lions, Darren, this year because of Dan Campbell and everything that he's built there after the Hard Knock series. And you can't help but feel that the Detroit Lions have been a couple of defensive players away from being a double-digit winning team. <clears throat> Vernon, my friend, there's a bit of romance about Romeo and Juliet, but I'm not taking them into Lambo to beat the Packers. <laughs> Well, you know, my mum my used to have a shelf full of Mills and Boone. And if Dan Campbell was on the cover of a Mills and Boone book, I would definitely get involved. <laughs> you know, and by the way, I can't do, can't do the romance. This is Detroit. This is Detroit needing to win in Lambo to get in the playoffs. That, 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 there's a lot of things that happen in the NFL, but that's not one of them. That's not one of them. And with you, though, I've enjoyed watching them this season. They're on the up, but they're not ready for this. Um, it's, it's fascinating again, though, isn't it? Because <clears throat> the regular season is all about your quarterback. The way you build a franchise in the NFL is all about the quarterback. You can't win without one, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <clears throat> all of the teams we've just spoken about in the NFC, the best teams in the NFC, all have at least two running backs on the roster who are top level. You think about Dylan and Jones at Green Bay, Pollard and, and, and Elliott in Dallas. You think about the quarterback, Hurts, what he can do with his legs and Sanders in, um, in, in Philly. And they've got a couple of other complementary backs as well. Um, you think about Dalvin Cook and Madison in Minnesota. They can run the ball fantastically well. Um, and then you think about the 49ers who made the big trade for Christian McCaffrey. And they've been renowned for running the ball well for a long time. We're at that stage of the season again where... You, you want your quarterback not to make mistakes. You want your defence to make big plays. And you want your running backs to control the clock. And the season changes, we say it every year. Playoff football is different to regular season football. You earn the ticket to get in, and then you hope you've got the component parts to make it work once you get there. And I know they might be flashier in the AFC, but those NFC teams are, are built like prototypical Playoff football team. Ground and pound. Darren. Ground and pound. Yeah, ground and pound. You know, you've got the thunder and lightning in Dallas, the speed of Pollard, the, the power of Elliott. You've got two power backs, really, in Green Bay, in, in Dylan and Jones, who can churn out those those yards. You say McCaffrey best in the league. Dalvin Cook would argue that it might be him. There's a lot of them in there. AFC, you know, all the way through the AFC, I've never really thought about the Los Angeles Chargers. The Los Angeles Chargers were going to sack the coach. Sean Payton was coming in. He was going to turn Justin Herbert into a winner. All of a sudden, all of that talent within that room has been galvanised. And they've got real momentum now, the Chargers. They haven't won the division. They've had to watch Patrick Mahomes do that again. I don't think any team in the AFC 
want to run into Los Angeles at the moment, the way they're playing. And they've got the running game in Eckler. They've got defensive players who can put pressure on the quarterback in Bosa and Khalil Mack. They've got a great safety in Derwin James. They've got Mike Williams is pulling balls out of the air one-handed now, like he's in a circus for crying out loud. And you've got Justin Herbert. They're a team to watch as well. It's not always the dominant regular season team that go all the way to the Super Bowl. Yeah, their win streak is, they've won four on the bounce. Last five, four and one. Uh, their home record, well, their home and away record is exactly <laughs> the same, five and three. And against Which the division. Which is great because they're going to be on the road. As a wild card team, they're on the road. So you yeah, need yeah. To win on the road. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we've said it for a long time on this on this podcast, Justin Herbert, we are big fans of Justin Herbert, a big, strong, stand-in-the-pocket quarterback can launch an absolute rocket down the field. Um I, th- I think they're, I think they're uh, an inside receiver and a couple of linebackers away from winning a Super Bowl, Darren. You because really? I, yeah, I do. Because I think, I think they've got the run game, they've got the quarterback. Um, the way they brought in Khalil Mack to do a job on a, an already strong defensive line, it's there. I just think two linebackers and an inside receiver and you have a winning team in the Los Angeles Chargers and... Look at the facility that they've got. They yeah. play at home every week or every other week or whatever it is in the most beautiful stadium in the NFL. I mean, I'm yet to go to Las Vegas, looking forward to that one. But the Chargers Stadium, SoFi Stadium, is something else. Let me offer this, though. If, and I don't know the the path of the playoffs, we're not quite sure yet how it's going to go. If they end up going to Arrowhead for the AFC Championship game against Mahomes and the Chiefs, that's a, that's a derby. They've played against each other for years. They've got all the film on the Chiefs. They play the Chiefs. They know they can beat the Chiefs. I think it might be a different prospect if they go into the frigid weather in Buffalo, you know, Western New York and Josh Allen and all that team that they don't see a great deal of. Yeah. But I think if they if they went into to play familiar opposition in an AFC Championship game, then they might just take in that little bit of confidence and, and knowledge that might just get them there. I mean, it's not... It's not beyond the realms. I mean, I think you can put a line through Baltimore now. You know, without Lamar Jackson, they're not the same team. They can't get past 13 points a game. You'd say the same with Pittsburgh. You've got to score more than that in the AFC playoffs at the minute. So I think you can put a line through them. But I think there are four genuine contenders. The Bengals, the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Chargers. And I, and I think you'd be brave at this stage to say, I'm going to go with them. And I think you'd say the same in the NFC that you made the point. It's very hard to separate them. It, we say it every year about it being close. And, and every year it seems to inch closer still, doesn't it? I mean, you can literally put a blanket over the majority of the teams in the conferences. And in a funny way, the teams in each conference are built pretty much the same. The NFC is built in a more orthodox 80s way of playing football. Defence, run, don't make mistakes. The AFC, as it always, what, flashy, you know, bombing it down the field, wide receivers, quarterbacks. 45 points a game, put the ball at risk. The, both conferences have got almost stereotypical ways of, of, of their teams being set up as well, which, which gives a real contrast when we get to the Super Bowl that the AF, AFC team is going to approach it differently to the NFC team, I suspect. Yeah, yeah, I agree. 
Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, all right. So that's the playoffs, Darren. Just quickly, I'm, I, I was thinking about this this morning when I woke up, funnily enough. I always wake up with uh, football on my mind if the missus, right? isn't, in, if the missus isn't in bed. Right? <laughs> Pick me. Offensive player of the year in the AFC, defensive player of the year in the AFC, and the same for the NFC. Who are you going to pick for? I'm not asking for MVP. I just want to know who you think is as, as putting standout performances this year. Offensive player of the year. I don't think you can look past Patrick Mahomes in the AFC. And I think that will be the case for the majority of the years that he's in the NFL. Josh Allen said, just a few too many games where maybe they've been over-reliant on him. I just think Mahomes is that Rolls-Royce of an offensive player. Um, so it would be him. Um, defensively, I'll come back to you. Offensively in the NFC, my player of the year would be... Uh, you know what? Conventionally, you always give it to a quarterback. I don't know there's been a more valuable offensive player to any team in the NFC this season than Justin Jefferson. Because mm. I think he papers over a hell of a lot of cracks. So the obvious one would be Jalen Hurts. But I think Jalen Hurts plays behind an all-pro offensive line and he's got the best receivers in the league, probably, as, as a group. I might just edge towards Justin Jefferson. Defensive player, I'd say Nick Bosa with the 49ers. I just think the, pressure, the pressure he gives up from is, is absolutely off the scale. I think he's so disruptive, even on plays when he doesn't get to the quarterback, completely affects everything that the opposition are doing. AFC, defensive player of the year, I think it's a tricky one. Um, tricky one. Tricky one. I tell you one player who's really impressed me defensively this year in the AFC, and I think he might be the best cornerback in the league right now, is Sauce Gardner for the New York Jets. Yeah, He's come out of the draft, and... He might be special. They, they, they had Darrell Revis for a long, long time. They might have another one here in Source Gardner. I don't know. You had Revis Island. I don't know what you got Gardner close or whatever. You have. I don't know what you, what you do, but Source Gardner's impressed me hugely. I mean, you didn't tell me you were going to ask me this, so it's a, bit, a little bit off the fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the way he's got about it this year as a, a first-year corner, he might already be the best cornerback in the NFL. So I'm, I'm really impressed by him. What about you? Well, I... I'm surprised you didn't mention Micah Parsons for the Dallas yeah. Cowboys as Defensive yeah. Player of the Year. Uh, 
That defense is, is do that defense. Speaking of covering cracks, Darren, that defense for the Dallas Cowboys is covering the cracks of the weaknesses, the many, many weaknesses that the Dallas Cowboys offense has. Uh, I don't think they can hold on to the football. I don't think they've got clock management down yet. I don't think that Dak Prescott is a franchise quarterback, even though they've no. done the deal and he is. Uh, but Micah Parsons in that defense is special. It really is special. And I know I'm biased. People would say I'm biased because Adam's the defensive line coach. But the way that Dan Quinn has built that defense is unbelievable because they were garbage last year. And they are one of the best in the league this year, which is phenomenal. Offensive player of the year in the NFC, I would go with uh, Justin Jefferson. 100% uh, game changer for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, in the AFC, I'm. it's not controversial, but it's a different take. I'm going to go with your lad who's quarterback at the Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow. Yeah. Terrible start to the season. Absolute shocker. You know, they, they lost the Super Bowl last year to the Rams. Uh, some might say it was unlucky. Some might say they were well and truly beaten. But, or they were schemed out of the game, shall we say. Um well, I think Joe Burrow had a slow start. People were getting on his back. And now he's absolutely flying. Uh, I think he, he's a real strong contender for Offensive Player of the Year in the AFC. Defence player, I would go with, same as you, New York Jets cornerback. Uh, give him the sauce. You could sprinkle yeah. him on anything. And I think he's good enough to do a job on any team. Disappointed with the Miami Dolphins. I thought Tua might have rose risen to the top of the milk and be the cream of the crop, but obviously not. I think they've got a lot of work to do there, the Miami Dolphins, but they have a decent roster. It's not a garbage roster. I think they've got a good roster. And at eight and eight, are you surprised the New England Patriots, Darren? Yes. Uh, second in the division? Yes, very much so. With the quarterback they've got, the way they play, I am. But defensively, they've been excellent, haven't they? They've yeah. got a defence again that looks like a Belichick defence, which is which has taken them a long way. I wouldn't disagree with any of your picks. And if somebody said to me, look, you can have Michael Parsons or Nick Bosa, I'd say, well, you choose. I'll have the second one because I'm not bothered. And yeah. again, Joe Burrow. <laughs> Joe Burrow's had to deal with so much. I mean, he's not had Jamar Chase, has he, for a lot of the no. season. No. And it's not slowed him down. Joe Mixon's been a bit banged up. He's still not behind the best offensive line either. And again, we're just, we're just blessed at the moment that we've got so many fantastic superstars. Which brings me to one that I want to ask you. You mentioned the Miami Dolphins. And just an aside, I think the whole Tua Tungavailoa situation is going to rumble and rumble because that young man is, is struggling a lot now with the concussion syndrome that he had based on the, the, the decisions that were taken around his participation in the game and whether he should have been taken out earlier in the year. And I think the NFL have got to have a real inquiry, investigation, a whole root and branch into that whole process. So how are they going to deal with that situation going forward? And we wish him well, by the way. Yeah. But there are going to be this year, my friend, numerous quarterback vacancies around yes. the NFL. <clears throat> the Las Vegas Raiders are going to move on from Derek Carr. And they've got Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, Josh McDaniels. The Miami Dolphins have got Mike McDaniel, really good offensive head coach. They've got Jalen Waddle. They've got Tyreek Hill. They've got running backs coming out their ears. They've got a chance to win. And there's a certain fella who's going to be a free agent at the end of the season that goes by the name of Thomas Brady. Yeah. 
<laughs> and I would think it's highly unlikely that he re-ups with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers based on what they look like. So, does Tom Brady play in Miami? Does Tom Brady play in Las Vegas? Does Tom Brady do what Brock Purdy is doing, but better for Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco, a team that he supported as a boy when he used to go to the game in a Joe Montana jersey? Where does Tom Brady end up by the time the first pass is thrown next season? Because I don't think he's going to retire. Divorce now. So I think he's going to play a little bit longer. <laughs> he wants to finish. The way that you said that then, Darren, was a classic. Divorce, no. Basically, <laughs> what you're saying, divorce, no. He's getting no grief from the wife for leaving early on a weekday morning to go and put the pads on. He's getting no grief from the wife to go and party with the boys in the off-season or go and do what he does with his uh, electrolytes and his multivitamins and all this, that, and the other. That was a classic, Darren, that isn't going to get under the under the radar with me, my friend. He's divorced now. He can do what he wants. <laughs> uh, so where, where where is your... Where is your man? I want, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it, Darren. And it's, it, it pains me to say it, but I want Tom Brady to retire. I want Tom Brady to retire. I do. And but he won't. He won't. He won't. He won't retire. No. Uh, I don't think. See, I don't know whether the Miami offense is a Tom Brady offense. It, I think it is. I think it's a distribution offense because you you don't you don't have to pass long to Tyreek Hill. No, I know, I know, I know. But just, just hear me out. I think, is there any romance in reforming that partnership with Josh McDaniel at the Raiders? Maybe. Is there Maybe. something there? And, he, and Brady... he, gets the best, he gets the best wide receiver that he's had since Randy Moss. Yeah, definitely. And they've got, let's, they've got a decent running back as well. <clears throat> yeah. Excuse me. Mostly. Yeah. Um, so, he, mm. but then, then he grew up in the Bay Area, supporting San Francisco. And, and there and, was that famous shot of him taking a picture of all the San Francisco Hall of Famers as he was leaving the stadium the last time the books played there. Garoppolo leaves. Trey Lance, we still don't know how good he is, and he's not the ideal fit for a Shanahan offense anyway. And then you've got a choice between Brock Purdy and Tom Brady. I mean, look. I mean, well, there you go. Here you go. Garoppolo to the Raiders. Yeah. Brady to the 49ers. Yeah. Dolphins to the Scrappy. <laughs> Dolphins to the Scrappy. But if Tua passes, Tua to the Lions. What about Derek Carr, though? Because you've got Derek Carr then as well. So you've got Derek Carr maybe somewhere like the Jets. I mean, the Jets were the quarterback for a decent team. Yeah. Or the Seahawks. I don't know whether Gino yeah. would stay in, in, at, at Seattle, and I don't know whether the Raiders quarterback would go <laughs> to Seattle because that's a that that's that's a rivalry beyond rivalries, isn't it? Seattle <laughs> yeah. and the Raiders. Yeah. Uh, Do you know what though, Vern? You're in a situation here now where Brady's shown this. Well, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on a minute. The Houston Texans have got a clean slate. Yeah, they're, they're taking Bryce Young number one in the draft. That's that's forget that. They're taking yeah. Bryce Young from Alabama. Yeah. And then it's whether somebody trades up with Chicago to get CJ Stroud at number two. Here's one for you, though. Brady all year, despite the fact that they've not been great, he's only really had Mike Evans to throw to. They've had no, not much of a running game. They've been banged up on the offensive line. Defence haven't made enough plays. He's had the guts and determination to keep dragging them down the field late in games to get them in the playoffs. 
So the hunger and the appetite is still there. And when you see the way he throws the ball, I was speaking to Jason Bell about this, nothing's gone off the velocity. So he can still thread the ball in. He's still got enough velocity to beat Tom Brady. If you've got a roster that you think is Super Bowl ready, surely is the finishing piece, isn't it? If you go, look, we've got Absolutely. Everything. Absolutely. And he might be the golden ticket for somebody. Well, I, I totally agree. It's Tom Brady, Darren. I yeah. mean, you said in that statement there what Tom Brady is. He never quits. He's a, he's, he's a born winner. And I would put this out there. In We've just had the passing of, of Pelé, an iconic football player, Mr. Brazil. Is there anyone in sporting history who matches that drive for success in a team sport, so I'm discounting Tiger Woods, and maybe... Roger uh, Federer. Roger Federer, yeah. yeah. Roger, maybe Roger Federer. Is there anyone else in global team sport who is built to win like Tom Brady? Not for that length of time. I but mean, I don't, have we ever seen it? All right, here's one for you. This is a good debate. Have we ever seen a leader with the desire to win in the Premier League like Tom Brady? No, 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 not. I'm trying to think about trying to think about that great Manchester United team that dominated for. Well, that that's where you go. To, that's where you automatically go to because the only one, the, the only one out of that group would be Ryan Giggs because you've got to have the longevity to go with the success. But, but the then, men, but Giggs's but then, mentality was driven off the back of Fergie. Yeah, I, I, also, I think I think Brady drives the mentality of the team. Yeah, but also Giggs, Giggs was never the main piece. There was always a player more important than him. Where Brady is still the best player as well. So you, you're talking about best player. Long period of time, winning championships, and a lot of the time, not a great deal of talent around you because they never gave him, apart from the Randy Moss season, they never gave him Hall of Fame talent, really. Gronk, as a tight end, was the He was drafted, one. though. But drafted, yeah. So, I, no, I don't think so. I, people talk to me a lot. About, I'm not into the NHL. People talk to me a lot about Wayne Gretzky. And I, mm. I don't know a great deal about Wayne Gretzky, but... I don't think that Gretzky. I mean, he might be the one. I suppose I don't know. I don't. Well, we saw glimpses sport. of of we saw glimpses of that leadership from Michael Jordan, but we also saw glimpses of that leadership being nothing but selfishness. Yeah, and Michael also, Bird, if you think about those great the great Bulls team, he had Dennis Rodman, Scotty Pippen Scottie on Pippen. court with him as well. I mean, they are Scotty Pippen's a Hall of Famer in his own right, and, mm. and he would have been the main guy on. <clears throat> the majority of the teams in the NBA at that time. So people go Jordan, Jordan, Jordan. Jordan had a cast of brilliant players. And there's only five on the court. So if you've got three superstars, and they have more than that, but if they've got three superstars, two superstars and Michael Jordan, you're going to win most of the time. So I've got one. Go on. Oh. What's the big lad in the pack for the Welsh rugby team called? I'm not a rugby union. I tell you, what I would say. By the way, I tell you, what I would say, who's comparable would be Leo Messi. Yeah. When but, you think that he carried Barcelona for a long, long time, it, and he was the best player in a, in a superstar-laden team, but it was still all about him. 
And even at the age he's at now, he's just won a Copa America with Argentina and then a World Cup with Argentina. He might win a Champions League with Paris Saint-Germain this season. He's made, he's done it at the very, very highest level for a long, 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 long period of time, like Bray. I think he's the comparable one. I think he's yeah. the comparable one. So then you're, if you're in the Alwyn pack, Jones! I yeah, beg your pardon. But if you're in the pack, there's a, there's a little clue in the title there that you're in a pack. There's a few more around you. Brady's yeah, but, there on his own. Yeah, but you, well, you, all right, Darren, you could debate he's in a huddle. <laughs> yeah, but, but the pack tends to go and work together, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying, what what I'm getting at is that is that mental ability to lead a team, to stand up in front of your fellow players. And it's not about being vocal. It's not about giving those big rousing speeches, which we see from so many iconic sports stars. It's about just standing up, giving <clears throat> that look and creating that aura around you, which is built to win. I think Brady... That's Brady all over, surely. Yeah. I'll tell you what I want him to do, right? I want him to go and play for the Raiders because I think a Brady Raiders shirt might just be the coolest shirt in the history of the Oh, outfit. my goodness. Man. Everybody's buying a Brady Raiders shirt. Hey, listen, Ronnie Lott is my favourite American footballer of all time. And Ronnie Lott, after the 49ers, went yeah. to the Raiders, which is probably, like... There is not enough comfort made by GlaxoSmithKline or whoever it is <laughs> to soften that shirt. That is the hardest shirt in global sport. Ronnie Lott, 42, the Raiders. Come on! Yeah, so I think I think from a from a memorabilia standpoint, I want him in Las Vegas. And also, and also, right, where's the Super Bowl next year? In, well, there you go. He's in Las Vegas. So yeah. he won one in Tampa on his own field, and he could go and win one in Vegas on his own field. And by the way, Vernon, let me add another little reminder to you. Thomas is now divorced. <laughs> would you like to spend a year in Las Vegas? Oh, oh, if you're single and Tom Brady, hey, would you? <laughs> would you? To be honest with you, if I was his agent or his manager or whatever, I'd have him a nice condo in Malibu and fly the guy in. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think he's just called Mark Davis, the owner, and said, how much do you need from me to play for you next year? <laughs> and and what, what's the curfew on a Thursday? What time yeah. are they in? Yeah. We'll give you a no-limit balance at the win. I'd like to see him there. I think he'd be great. I think Brady in Vegas is just... Oh, it's a showstopper, isn't it? I mean, yeah. it's bigger than Celine Dion at Caesar's Palace. Come on, it's a yeah. showstopper. It's bigger Steve than Elvis Freed at the Hilton. Nothing on our Tom. Steve Freed and Roy can forget it. He's going to exactly. be white tigers in the huddle, that fella. Exactly. Elvis at the International is on a par with Brady <laughs> at the Raiders. And I said it. Uh, Darren, it's been an absolute pleasure. An absolute pleasure. I think we, we've, yeah, we've ticked a lot of boxes there. And, and I hope everyone listening has enjoyed that. And there's lots there for debate. And you can tweet us. Um, who is the greatest leader on a team sport of all time? Yes. Uh, because I think that that there's a lot of discussion there to be had. Yeah. And we will be back next week because we've got no excuses now. None. Absolutely. Absolutely, Absolutely none. Right. Well, the Formula E season has started. I might be in Mexico, but we will definitely do a fumble next week. We will. We will. And we'll take it right the way through to the Super Bowl in Arizona. And we'll do a special one while we're out there because we'll be out there together. So we're looking forward to that. 
In fact, I've got re-roomy back this year, which I'm delighted about. So I'm looking forward to the trip even more. Separate rooms last year. Didn't quite enjoy it as much. You're back in with me. <laughs> so that's brilliant. We're going to be like Brady in Vegas when we get to Arizona. <laughs> Righty. All right, Darren, have, a, have an absolute blinder. What are you up to this week? I'm going to do a podcast in a minute for Nottingham Forest. Um, nice. And then I'm doing very little until next Thursday. I've got two games next week. I've got Fulham-Chelsea on the Thursday. Man United, Man City on the Saturday. But apart from that, not a great deal. Bit of radio over the weekend. But I'm going to enjoy last little bit of family time before it goes absolutely stark raving mad. Yeah. When When's the uh, Champions League pack? Feb. Right. I think. Okay. I think. I mean, we've got the small matter of Real Madrid, Liverpool. So. Ooh, nice. All right, pal. This has been a Shooting Shark production. As always, you know where we are. Subscribe, like, all that palaver. And uh, give us your comments on the old Twitter page, please. Who is the greatest sporting leader in a team sport of all time? All right, this has been a Shooting Shark production. We bid you farewell. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.